We hope you enjoy this message recorded at Equipus Church, Dunedin. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com. Hey, just before we take a seat, how about uh, you just, I don't know how you engage with God, close your eyes, just raise a hand or two and say, God, we're ready for an encounter with you. Come to the house of God because we want to meet God. We want to go away saying, uh, God, touch my life this morning. God, whatever our needs are this morning, if it's encouragement, if it's healing, if it's vision, uh, God, we would go away saying, God, it was, it was worth my while to go to the house of God this morning because I, I came away carrying something. I had a meeting with God. God, would you meet with us this morning, I pray. Use my words, I pray, to set us up for heavens to open, for a download from heaven, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Grab a seat. It's great to be here. It's the only guy flying into Dunedin yesterday who wasn't going to the All Blacks. But, um, yeah, anyway, that was all right. Cool. Hey, um, hopefully we've got a... Uh, PowerPoint thing coming up. We've been doing a series in Auckland called um, The Church I See, and it's um, kind of the context is we can kind of, if you've been around church for a while, you can kind of just get into the routine, oh yeah, we're just kind of going through the motions, or maybe you haven't been involved in church, like what is this thing about? And it's kind of like to step back and go, oh my goodness, yeah, this is what we see, this is what we're about, something much bigger, something much more significant, and kind of a rekindling of like, man, I want to be part of this, I want to I have passion for this thing. And so we've been, in Auckland we talked about, you know, different things people see around where the church is going and God's call, but I, I want to do something a bit different and almost turn backwards and go right back, like back before we have bands and music, back before there were pulpits and organs, even right back before Jesus' time where there was a stone temple way, and, and back before Moses' time when there was a, a tent kind of thing, right back and go, what was the very idea of this thing called the house of God? Because it's like, oh yeah, that's what I see. That's what I'm wanting to uh, give my life towards. That's what I'm putting my time, my effort, my money towards because I believe that this is something significant. So I want to start with a passage that might look really, really weird. Like, what has this got to do with it? But hopefully, hopefully it'll make sense. It's right back in, um, that didn't work. My machine's not working. Genesis, so you might, Genesis, there we go. Shall I see if I've got, no, I don't think this is gonna work. So you'll have to do it. Is that all right? Cool. So right back. Genesis, oh, and there's a typo. It's Genesis 28, sorry. Genesis 28. You're going to make this work, are you? He's going to try. So Genesis 28. I'll start this. Jacob left Bathsheba and set out for Haram. When he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and lay down to sleep. Very ordinary. He's having a nana nap in the middle of nowhere, and he's just like... Not, nothing very spectacular. So it's Genesis 28. Flick out the next one. And then he had a dream. It's a supernatural dream in which he sees a stairway resting on the earth with its top reaching to heaven and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. So supernatural stuff. Next one. He, um, next one. Next one. There above it stood the Lord. So, so there's a stairway, angels, and there's God at the top of it. And God speaks and just announces who He is. I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. Next one. 
And, I, and then he begins to prophesy into his life, I will, give you and you, I will give you and your descendants a land on which you're lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth. You will spread out to the west, to the east, to the north, to the south. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. Amazing prophetic word. The next one, well anticipated. And then he begins to kind of encourage him. I am with you and I'll watch over you and wherever you go and I'll bring you back to this land and I'll not leave you until I've done what I've promised you. And then next one. And then Jacob awakes. And he's like, surely the Lord is in this place. And, I, and that, that's an old-fashioned way of it's like, OMG, like, oh my goodness, I, did, I didn't realise it. God was here. And, uh, and I, he was afraid in the sense of reverential fear. He said, how awesome is this place? Like, this is awesome. Why? Because this is not, none other than the house of God. This is the gate to heaven. So flick out next one, it finishes. He takes a stone he, that he'd set it up as a pillow, he poured oil on it, and he called that place Bethel, which means the house of God. So flick out the next one. So he, um, so in the core of it, he makes this statement. This is the house of God. This is the gate to heaven. And I flick out the next one, this phrase, the house of God, that's what they would then call this tabernacle tent thing. That's what they would call this final temple that Solomon would build. That's what they would call the church, the house of God. But this is the passage that you go back to and go, this defines this thing called the house of God, this experience that he had. Like, oh, this is the church I see. This is what happens in the house of God. And in Jewish um, writing, they often they rhyme ideas. So they'll say something and then they'll Restated in another way that unpacks it. And if, flick up the next one. He's like, this is the house of God. What does it mean? This is a gate. This is the gate to heaven. And if you flick up the next one, the, the church that I see, this might sound a bit weird. I tried it out, sold it to my wife a few weeks ago and I preached it and she gave me one of those odd looks. But this is the church. It's a portal to heaven. It might sound like something from science fiction or whatever. It just means a gate, a gateway that opens up to another dimension, a gateway that opens up to another realm of experience. The church that I see is a house of God. What's a house of God? It's a portal to heaven. When we come here, we suddenly, there's music, there's people in red shirts, there's coffee, there's light. But suddenly in the midst of the singing, it's like something opens up and I find myself connecting with another dimension. I find that something's opened up and it's like I've stepped through and I'm now interacting with another realm. And it's like, I don't know about what you see, the church you see, but the church I see, it's the house of God, which means this, it's a gateway to heaven. It's a portal to heaven. When we gather, to he we haven't come here to learn about God. We haven't certainly come and haven't come here to, to have to our religious duty. We've come here because something in our gathering together, something opens and we find ourselves accessing heaven. And it's like, oh my goodness, yeah, that's the church that I see. That's the church I want to give towards of my time, my energy, my money, my resources, because we get to open a, a portal to heaven where, where stuff happens. So if you just uh, go back, um, or I mean, go on, go on, sorry. So this is the house of God. This is the gate to heaven. So flick out the next one. So the church, church is not really rocket science. Church has got three dimensions. People, there's an upward, an inward, and an outward dimension to church. So flick out the next one. The, um, basically, we exist to do worship, community, and mission. But you know, I'm, I love mission. My life is about mission. But actually, there are a lot of good service agencies out there doing lots of good things in our world. And, and I love community, but there are a lot of self-help groups and therapy, therapy groups and therapeutic groups out there. 
The thing that makes us different is the top one is the sense of connection with the divine. Yeah, we're involved in community. Yeah, we're involved in mission. But under all of that, this is a community that, that something opens and we find ourselves standing in front of the Creator God and we bring worship to Him. And everything else flows from that. And so this morning, I just pray for some of us who reconnect again, like, oh, this is why we're here this morning, for something to open and for a connection with heaven. So uh, let's flick up the next one. If the church I see is a portal to heaven, flick up next one, just to, if it's a gate to heaven, let's go back and look at and look a bit more closely what happens in this experience. Because I reckon this defines, I'll just do a little test. Yep, awesome. <laughs> this, have I gone the right one? Now I've got lost. There we go. So it's supposed to be Genesis 28. So let's have a look. He had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth with its top reaching to heaven and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. I want to say that part of this thing of a gateway to heaven, suddenly we find ourselves where there's traffic going back and forth between heaven and earth where there's angelic activity, where the angels are carrying our prayers, our pleas, our concerns, our unspoken issues are being carried up before the throne of God. But they're coming back with answers of prophecy, of healing, of comfort. It's like this is a busy place supernaturally. There's stuff going back and forward. Everyone looks a bit like, Pastor Desiree sounds pretty excited about it, but it's like, really? Like, this is, the, this is what the Bible says we're doing. There's traffic between heaven and earth happening here, stuff that we don't know about. Yeah, we planned the songs, yeah, we planned the lighting, but there's a whole lot of business happening between heaven and earth this morning. And you want to go out of here knowing some of the stuff of my life, my concerns, my burdens, my concerns about my kids or jobs, they've been carried before the throne of God. But more than that, God has sent His angels back down carrying answers, carrying encouragement. This is a busy place. There's all kinds of stuff happening at a whole other dimension than what we know about. Um, and, and then I love it, the cent- often in the Jewish writing, the, the main point's kind of at the center, the center of all of this, because later on there'll be prophecy, there'll be encouragement. At the center is just a moment of encounter with God. Not about you and your issues, just this like, I am the Lord. And we find ourselves, have, have, we've stood before God, we've met God, we've, and, we, and we responded in worship. It's not, you know, God is a God who gives refreshment, He gives encouragement, He gives healing, but that's not worship. Worship is when we stand before Him and we go, you're worthy. And it's like something opens and we find ourselves standing in front of God. And, and you just sense, you know, we all come in a bit disconnected thinking about things and suddenly at some point it's like, oh man, I find myself present and, I, and I'm here and something's happening and God's here. That's, that's the church I see. But then, because God's so good, He then begins speaking prophetically. He starts speaking purpose and destiny and future into, into this guy's life. And it's like, man, in this environment, when, when I've sensed stuff's happening, when I've found myself in front of God, God begins speaking. God begins encouraging. God, something, one sentence, one phrase, one word that somebody says 
you know, as a word from God that it's like, I want to go out of this place not having a, had a nice coffee or snack. or I want to go like that was the word that I needed. That was the word that was for me. I go away, God spoke into my life. And, and then I love it. He then transitions just to encourage me, like, hey, I'm with you. You know, I'll watch over you. I won't leave you until I've done. Sometimes we don't get the answers that we need, but to go, I don't know, I just felt God's presence, just as warmth, just as care, just as concern, just as compassion. Like, that's a win for a Sunday morning. That I walked out of here just having God's arms are around me. He, he's got it. I don't know where this is going, I, but he's, I know that he's with me. It's like, man, I can go and face the week then, knowing God's been here. So it's like, and I love the response then. As I said, surely the Lord is in this place. It's like, oh my goodness. I thought I was just coming to a service. I thought I was just coming to a religious ritual. But God was there. Something happened. Something, I, something happened. I don't even know what that was. That, that's, what, that's the church that I see, that people come and go, oh my goodness, God's there. Oh my goodness, something happened there. I don't even know, but... You know, why, why, why was I crying? Why did I just feel this peace? Why did I feel this joy? Yeah, because God was there. A doorway opened, a portal opened to heaven and God was there. You know, and, and I love how awesome is this place. That, that's what I want. A church that I see people come in and they go, man, that was just awesome. Yeah. I thought I was going to this boring religious service. That was flipping awesome. Yeah. Like, when's the next one? I just want to get back in that environment because something opens up, something happens, something's encouraged, uh, you know, in my life. And that's the, the, this is none other than the house of God. Oh, there's just this building on, you know. No, no, that was, that was like the house of God. And, and it, as I said, you know, this is the gate to heaven. So then he built and he says, yeah, this is called the house of God. And at the center of it is this encounter with God of worship. Pastor Sam Monks talked about, you know, we, this recovery of worship. It's worship is the center of what we do. Yeah. Worship, worship is about what we offer to God in that moment of encounter. It stopped again. There it is. This is the house of God. This is the gate to heaven. Now it's jumping on. You know, they called it different things in the Old Testament when they built the tabernacle, when they built the temple. They called it, yeah, this is the house of God. It's like, if you come to my house, you know, that's the other thing. They, it's dwelling, you, you come there because I live there. So you expect, you, I expect when you come, you come to see me because that's where I live. It's the house of God. Oh, God lives there. So I expect I'm going to bump into him and that's what's going to make it wonderful. But they, they actually called it that, the tent of meeting. If you come to my place and knock on the door, you do that because you know that I dwell there and you're expecting that I will open the door and, and you're going to meet me. That's not really rocket science. That's what church is. This is the house of God. God dwells here. If I turn, if I rock on up on a Sunday morning, I'm expecting to meet him. And he's going to speak to me. And he's going to say something to me and he's going to download stuff into my life. It's not just a ritual. This is where we meet with him. Um, this is the house of God. This is the gate to heaven. Then Jesus comes along and as usual, he just marks everything up. 
Like it was real simple. Oh, Jacob had this experience. This is the house of God. Okay, let's build this tent structure, the tabernacle. Now that's the house of God. Then we, Solomon, I'll build this temple out of, out of stone. Now this is the house of God. Then Jesus comes and says this. You know, truly whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Truly I tell you, if two of you on earth agree on anything they ask for, it will be done for them. For where two or three gather in my name, there I am. It's like suddenly it's not about a physical location. Suddenly it's not about a sacred uh, space. Suddenly it's just where people gather together, that becomes the house of God. And so again, it's not the fact that we've walked into this building, it's the fact that we are all here that has opened a portal to heaven. That's why it's important that you're here this morning because together something opens, together something shifts and it's not just that I have an encounter. When we come together, heaven opens for other people that come in here, people who are coming with needs, people who are coming who desperately need a word from God and answer. Something about us being together opens heaven. Was it a good service this morning? I don't know. Maybe we should ask some of the people who came that no one noticed and they said, I, God spoke to me. It's like, we just had a win. That's a good service. Because together something opened. And, and if you, some of this is very much like that passage from Jacob. Again, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose, there's traffic going on between heaven and earth. Stuff is being said here that uh, is being loosed in our, down here that uh, the angels are carrying up and it's being loosed up in heaven. You, you know, we're speaking freedom over people's lives and heaven agrees and unlocks it. We're speaking, we're speaking answers over people's life and heaven opens. Then we, we're binding stuff that's holding people up and heaven's agreeing. There's traffic going back and forth with our words. How, how amazing is that? We get to create the traffic between earth and heaven for people with our words, by what we're saying, by what we're speaking from the front, by what we're chatting with each other. We're generating traffic between heaven and earth. But also like the centre of Jacob's thing, where two or three gather in my name, I am there. Jesus has said, if you'll take the trouble to get off your back butt and drive here and assemble together, I will be present. And anything can happen when heaven opens and Jesus is here. That's the church that I see. And suddenly it's no longer about a place, a location. We don't have to go on a pilgrimage to Mecca or a pilgrimage to a Vatican or whatever. Wherever we'll gather together a portal to heaven will open. Traffic will start happening. God will be encountered. Prophetic words will be spoken into people's lives. They'll be encouraged. They'll be comforted. It's like, that's the church that I see. And I, 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 this creates a... Um, oh, this creates three tensions. So I'm going to talk about this briefly. I'm going to unpack these more tonight, if you want to come back tonight. Um, Good theology is often about holding two truths in tension. Bad theology is normally people get hold of one part of the truth and they go hard on that and, and then you're like, yeah, that's actually true, but you've got to hold that intention with an opposite truth. And so this idea of what Jesus said creates three tensions for us. And, and I just want to talk about the tensions of church. The, the first one is the temple is individual versus the temple is collective. So 1 Corinthians 16, do you not 
6.19, do you not know you that your bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Hey, you can encounter God sitting at home, lying in your bed, in the shower, sitting on the toilet, walking on the beach, doing your knitting, watering the garden, because you are the portal to heaven. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to connect. You are the connection point with God. God dwells in you. God is present. You can, all you've got to do is kind of take a few deep breaths, dial down a bit, and you'll find yourself in the presence of God. That's wonderful news. And then just three chapters earlier, Paul says this, don't you know you yourselves, plural, are God's temple. God's Spirit dwells in your midst, plural, If anyone destroyed God's temple, God will destroy that person. For God's temple is sacred. You together are that temple. So you go, well, Paul, which is it? Am I the temple or together are we the temple? He says both. And again, it's like, oh, if I'm going to have balance, I've got to hold both of those together. Together. So, yeah, I'm the, like people like, oh, why do I need to go to church? I can connect with God just walking on the beach. Yeah, that's half the truth. The other half of the truth, something happens when we assemble together and God's presence. And I can't figure that out of my head. All I know is Paul in the same letter teaches both of those things. I can meet God on walking on the beach, but something happens when I assemble together. I talk about tonight, I want to suggest the stretch for us culturally today is the second one. Um. You know, and, and this is, actually Paul emphasizes the second one. You two are being built together to become the dwelling in which God lives. Something happens here that God's presence is felt here when we assemble together. That's different to just me walking on the beach. And i unpack that a bit more tonight, maybe. You know, First Peter, as you come to him, the living stone rejected by humans, chosen by God, precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. It's like we're being put together here to be a portal to heaven where God turns up. Not in a special building, not through spe- Just the fact of us being together, something happens, and it, it kind of messes with our Western logic, but, but I... How does this work? But I thought I'm the temple. Yeah, but something happens together. Another dimension that that God is here, Um, which kind of leads to the second one. So if the temple is individual versus the temple is collective, yeah, they're both true. But for you, which one's the stretch? I reckon, I'm going to talk about this a lot more. I reckon the stretch is around recovering like something happens when we gather together. But this leads to the second one, the church's community versus the church's event. Again, real common, you know, oh, church is more than what happens on a Sunday. Yes, it is. You can't attend church. You are the church. Yeah, I know what you're saying. But there is an element in the actual event of the assembling together where something happens. You know, often you hear, again, this kind of people being smart, like, oh, I asked this pastor, you know, where is your church? Obviously meaning where's the location of the building? And he looks at his watch and says, well, like, on Monday morning, 10 o'clock, you know, some of them are teaching in classrooms, some of them are nurses in hospitals. You know, you know what I mean? And it's like, yeah, that's, that is true, half the truth. But the other truth is the church has the assembly where something happens. Because um, he said this, where two or three gather Again, it messes with my head, but, but aren't we the church whenever, whatever? Yeah, but there's something that happens, something that opens up when we gather together. 
And, and, and it's like, oh, I, I got to somehow commit to coming together with other people that heaven opens, that traffic starts happening supernaturally, that God is present and that stuff starts uh, ministering into my life. You know, I love Hebrews chapter 10. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promises faithful. Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. The letter is written in the context of Christians being persecuted. Some of us would be like the guy should say, hey, look, um, it's a bit dangerous meeting together. We could get in a lot of trouble. Look, we all know that you can meet God on the beach. You can meet God, uh, you know, lying on your bed. We know that we are the church. We don't have to attend church. So let's just, let's just suspend the meetings for a while because it's a bit dangerous. Wow. He, he doesn't do that. He says, no, even in the midst of it being dangerous, let's, let's not, it's about the habit Let's not get in the habit of not meeting together. Let's maintain the habit, the practice of assembling together because this is not duty. Something supernatural happens in the assembling together. And I know that you can meet God by yourself. I know that we're the church wherever we are, but something happens when we assemble together and God is present and heaven opens up. And, and um, yeah, I, I just, yeah, but... I, I pray in your spirit there's this kind of this ag agreement like, yeah, I, can, I see this. Because we're actually battling against a, a, something in our culture today that's kind of resisting this a bit. You know, even the Greek word for church is ecclesia, which means called out. And again, people get all super spiritual about, oh, yeah, we're called out from the world. And, no, no, it just meant it was the assembly of citizens. So you're busy doing your job and then the bell sounded. It's like, hey, drop your tools. Come, I'm calling you out from your practice to come and assemble. We're called out of everyday life to assemble. We're called out of what we do Monday to Friday to assemble as the citizens of the kingdom to do the business of the kingdom. So yes, so then we can be sent back in to our workplaces, to our families, our homes. But the church is the assembly that's where, you know, assemblies of God, that's a translation of the New Testament. We're, we're an assembly. We gather together and something happens in the dynamic moment of our gathering. Um, yeah, I love this. <laughs> Reminds me with the Olympic Games. The final sentence of any Olympic Games, it's the final two sentences of that. Are the, so this is the example from Rio. I declare the Games of the 31st Olympiad closed. And this is always the last sentence. In accordance with tradition, I call upon the youth of the world to assemble four years from now in Tokyo, Japan, to celebrate with us the game. And it's like, that's what the church is. Jesus is saying, I call upon you to assemble. I'm calling upon you to assemble because something is going to happen in that assembly. I'm going to open heaven. I'm going to speak to you. Something supernatural is going to happen. And it's like my commitment is a, is a response to the call of Jesus. Come on, I'm calling you out of everyday life to assemble together as the citizens of the kingdom. Man, I'm just looking out of, over you. I, for a lot of you, I, just, I, I can sense an, a, you, an agreement in your spirit. That's it's really nice. Because I think I'm preaching the Word of God, so I'm not trying to persuade you into something. But if you go, oh, yeah, this is, this is, this is right. You know, and I guess in, in Equipus, we tend to have three kind of calls to assemble. We say, hey, assemble together, even in twos and threes or fours during the week. 
It's like, it's not just a little support group, therapy group. It's an assembly of the people of God where God turns up, where stuff happens. And all of those things, a portal to heaven will open. Business will be transacted. God will be present and He'll speak to people. My goodness, just, I thought I was just doing an e-group. I thought it was all about just who made the scones or muffins. It's like, no, no, this is, a, this is a gateway to heaven. This is a gateway to heaven. But then, you know, we do this call to assemble on Sundays. And, and you know, for me, I think, um, again, I think this is a... Uh, I'm going to talk about it a lot more tonight, but I think this is a cultural kind of pushback because it's almost, yeah, I'll talk about it tonight, I keep saying, but it's like I, I wouldn't have to convince you that, it, that you could go and walk on the beach and meet God, but it's almost like we need to make the biblical case. Again. No, it's important to assemble together. And, and you know, you're taking out the mission, uh, vision, mission, miracle offering, any of the above. And, uh, and it's like, yeah, part of it, I hope, is you're inspired. Man, I, yeah, I want to put some serious money towards this thing called church because this is important that we're going to open a portal to heaven. But I don't know about some of us, like, for me, like, almost my time is more valuable to me than my money. I'd rather pay a tradesman to come and fix something than give an afternoon. Like, I'm, I, it's no very really big deal for me tithing. But actually, to actually go, like, I was thinking this is to actually go, no, I give God the first day of the week to assemble together. You know, we, I was thinking about that, sun, you know, Sundays is the first day of the week. A Bible principle is you give God the first and the best. So like, no, no, it's not like, do I feel like, it's like, no, no, I, part of my habit, part of what I've committed in my life is I commit to assembling with the people of God. I give Him the first day of the week because being a citizen of the kingdom is my top priority. And I can't be a citizen if I don't, assemble, if I don't do, come to the citizens' assemblies, which is what, this is what this is. This is an assembly of the citizens of Jesus' kingdom to meet with Him, to get a download from Him, to be inspired to go and live this out during the week. And so part, I reckon... Uh, part of it is a recovery. Yeah, actually I commit to Sundays. Is I give God the first day to assemble with his people. And then uh, Pastor Desiree mentioned about shout, you know, once a year, assembling with this global family. Again, it's not a conference. It's not for networking. And, but it, we talked about it in Auckland. We struggle to find a language that names what this is. But it's like in the Old Testament, you know, three times a year they had to celebrate a festival. This, three times a year they had to appear. Before, they had to drop everything, walk down and assemble before God. And again, something supernatural happens. And so it's like, oh, part of, part of this church, yeah, church is, church is more than Sundays, totally agree. You don't attend church, you are the church. Yeah, totally agree. But truth is found in attention of two opposing truths. And oh, yeah, I'm really cool with that one, but this is the side we need to stretch on. Come on, there's a call to assemble because somehow in the act of assembly, this portal to heaven opens. Something supernatural happens. Something you arrived in one space, but something supernatural happened and you go out going, I met with God and I carry out something from God. Which leads to the third one, worship as a moment versus worship as the whole of life. 
Again, you know, in Psalm, let us go to his dwelling place. Why? Let us worship at his footstool. What do you do in that moment that you find heaven's open and I'm, I'm feeling like I'm standing in front of God? You worship him. You worship him. Now, in the New Testament, Paul will say this in view of God's mercy, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. That's your true and proper worship, which the message translation again says, take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. And so again, people are like, worship is not about music. Worship is about the whole of my life offered to God. Again, that's totally true. But that happens as a result of having had that moment that I've stood before God and I've, and I've just felt overwhelmed with how wonderful He is and I've just offered my life to Him. And then I go and live that out Monday morning through to Saturday. And again, it's not an either or, it's a both and. And, you know, and a commentary on the book of Revelation says this, the word worship originally involved the idea of prostrating oneself before deity, that means a God, to kiss his feet or the hem of his garment. Worship is that moment in a service when I find myself standing before God and I'm overwhelmed with his majesty and the moment of encounter is, is the kiss of devoted submission. Like, you are so awesome. I just got to give you everything that I am. I love you. I adore you. And then I go and live that out the rest of my week. But again, we, uh, we're so easy to get into, oh, um, you know, no, worship is what I do with the whole of my life. And it's like, yeah, that's true. Totally half the truth. Um, I don't know if this is a bit... Um, it's the 500th anniversary of the Reformation in Europe, and Martin Luther, one of the main reformers, he, he said this, good um, Christian practice is like a drunk man trying to ride a horse. So he goes to get on one side and falls off the other side, so then he tries to climb back on that from that side and falls back off this side. And it's like, good, good Christian practice, A, don't get drunk, and then sit in the middle and hold the two together. And it's like, yeah, I'm the temple of God. I can meet with God anywhere, but together we're the temple of God. Yeah, the church is everywhere. I'm part of this thing, but the church is when we assemble together. Which one is it? Both of them. Worship is more than singing, but worship is the moment in corporate worship when I find myself in devotion to God. Both of them. And so um, maybe I can get the... the worship team back up. You know, in Revelation, there's an instance of someone, now he's in exile, so he's not assembled together. But again, the portal opens, the gate opens to heaven. We're going to sing that last song. Uh, and it just says, after I looked and there before me was a door standing open in heaven, a portal, just doing his own business. And suddenly a doorway opens. And a voice I had first heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, come up here and I will show you what must first take place. Once I was in the Spirit, and there before me was a throne with someone sitting on it. Yeah, I'm excited about the traffic of the angels between heaven and earth. I'm excited about the prophecy. I'm excited about the encouragement. But first and foremost, when the door opens, I want to meet Jesus. And, and he just says this, he um, and I heard the voice of many angels, thousands upon thousands, 10,000 times 10,000. If it's literal, that's 100 million angels right now are worshiping God in heaven. And there's a throne and there's living creatures and there's a busy place up there, all kinds of weird 
people things, whatever. And, and they're going, worthy is the Lamb to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honour and glory and praise. And it's like whatever else churches, yeah, we're involved in community ministries, we're involved in all kinds of self-help groups. But when we assemble together, a gate opens and all kinds of wonderful supernatural stuff happens, but worship happens. Nowhere else, no other kind of group do you assemble together and a gate opens where you worship and you worship God. And so this, what's the church I see? It's a house of God. So we just throw, throw that phrase around. No, no, Jacob tells us what that means. What does it mean? It's a gateway to heaven. It's a gateway to heaven. The church I see is a portal to heaven. Can I invite you to stand? I, um, we're gonna sing that song about as it is in heaven. And I, uh, I smiled to myself in approval when Pastor Tesoro said, oh, there's some real weight to that bridge. Holy, holy, because... I knew what I was going to speak about. And I, I want us to go, I want us to get back to that point. And again, it's like, oh yeah, you start singing, you kind of miles away thinking about lunch, thinking about the All Blacks. Whatever. And then suddenly you suddenly start, suddenly you're a bit more present. And then suddenly something opens. And suddenly it's like, oh my goodness, holy, holy, holy. Thank you for listening to this message recorded at Equipus Church Dunedin. We pray it blessed you. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com.